And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about stolen glances, second chances, and last dances. I'm Mia. I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where me and I, rom-com lovers, try to answer that age-old question, what should we have for dinner? (laughs) Just kidding. The question we will be answering is which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is comedian and host of the wildly popular podcast, Culture Kings. If he was in a rom-com, he'd be the single dad you heard on the radio and drove all the way to Seattle to meet. That's right. He's the guy who receives hundreds of love letters from strangers and who will always be waiting for you at the top of the Empire State Building. It's the one and only Edgar Montplacier! That's what y'all think about me? Is that I'm the stepdad <laughs> in Seattle? <laughs> no, You're Tom Hanks. He's a single dad. He's a widower. He's the most wanted man in America. He yeah. has that voice that has that drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I can forgive Allie for this because Allie and I have only talked three times and each three times has been more awkward than the last. It's we had five conversations, Edgar. Okay, five, right. not right, three. Right. Right. How dare. No, you're right. You're right. But, Mia, you're my teammate. Oh, no. <laughs> you're my teammate. Okay. All right, look. This is true. And look, who comes up with the intros? Is it me or is it Allie? Sure. Maybe you can tell. I can tell. It's me. It's not <laughs> Allie. It's not <laughs> Allie. We know, who okay, type it, a, we know who the type A person is who is like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, let's see here. Okay, I have been on a team with Edgar for more than a year, which is crazy because it does yes. it does not feel like a year. Yeah. Um, but knowing you as, as well as I know you now, I would have to say that you would be the sweet, sweet voice on a late night radio show. What is, what <laughs> is going is... on? <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. I'll go okay. off that pitch. I'm, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a radio show that the lead character listens to and there's a sweet, sweet voice on it and she loves that voice. And then there's yes. this guy at her job who she thinks is the most annoying person and she hates that. <laughs> and she's like, he's such a dick. She says, he's such a dick. <laughs> such a douche and then later on she discovers that douche from her job <gasps> is the radio is the radio voice <gasps> yes oh my gosh edgar you just like combined you've got mail with sleepless in seattle yes! flawlessly <laughs> it was a it was a classic well done and guess and tom wow. hanks plays that guy in both of them <laughs> yeah he does he does oh, wow no. i'm oh no this car alarm. What is I that? apologize, guys. It's a, oh, it's car, a car alarm, alarm? outside. Don't worry at all. That car sounds expensive. <laughs> I would say. You know, it does sound like an expensive car. <laughs> it know? is. I think the uh, 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 the cheaper your car is, the la- the the quieter your alarm is because they don't care if it gets stolen or. Yeah. 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 It's like I don't even think my Ford Focus has an alarm. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I can confirm that. <laughs> yeah, you've been in it. <laughs> I once cleaned my car because 
I like, I one, I one time like walked Edgar to my car and he was just like, what is happening? Um, with, with it was just so I like clean it basically like once or twice a year when someone mentions it. Um, <laughs> um, well, but it's you a reminder. I think that's, I think it's perfect that you two are hosting this podcast because you two are rom-com leads, very different rom-com leads. Uh, <gasps> I, one of the first conversations I ever had with Allie Jennings was when I saw her outside of uh fuck what's the name of that bar in new york that we always go to when we would go to dcm with an oh, M. not the famous right? one the uh, the irish one that we'd always go to oh oh molly yes, what is that is that what molly it's called Wee- yes yeah. molly Wees. so i went outside yeah. of molly Wees and i saw ali jennings i was just <laughs> like yo what are you doing you perfect you perfect manny pixie dream girl <laughs> <laughs> And Ali's like, who is this guy who's coming at me with all this energy? Oh, oh wow. That, that makes me seem so cool. And I'm not cool at all. So oh, thank you. And then Mia's a type A person who's like, you know, has her work life together. She's on top of it. But then you go to her house and it's like a mess. Like her, she sacrifices, she sacrifices her work life for her home life like i'm so good at being a lawyer but my relationships are terrible that's so true it's so true because every time i remember when i met edgar he's like oh you're so type a you're so on top of everything i was like i'm like in my head i'm like absolutely not and then at one point i think i like spilled my purse in front of you and you're like what the fuck is in there <laughs> like it's it's so true because i could i can sort of like give off productivity vibes but it's yeah. like I am like I it's so sad how like how I'm um, on point yeah. these sort of like a hot mess uh yeah. trope <laughs> is tropes are yeah. Yeah. I it's can't very... believe you actually spilled your purse Mia that's like <laughs> cliche rock up like oh my purse I think she was running late to practice to begin with like she ran into practice late and spilled her purse very Anne Hathaway. This is a perfect little transition into uh, how we like to start off uh, each episode, which is with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences that we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. Yes. Um, I'll kick it off, you guys, uh, this week. So I'm coming off of sort of like a high of like, I've had like lots of productive weeks lots of like crocheting and projects and classes and I've been like really on top of it and for some reason the last week I like cannot do anything and I don't know if it's quarant you know just being in quarantine for so long or what but like all I like I have I haven't experienced this yet where I'm sort of like so tired I'm so fatigued uh I'll like go to do a workout and I'm just like I can't do this like this is so hard <laughs> uh and I'm like you know I'm obviously consuming a lot of reality television Good. um right and so I think who I'm channeling right now is Annie from Bridesmaids um sort oh. of <laughs> yes another hot mess right another hot mess right and it's sort of like i connect to annie because like large tasks feel overwhelming you know so she's sort of um you know she can't even like walk by her old um business you know which i understand that's emotional but um you know she, the whole the whole situation is she's getting overwhelmed having to plan um, a bachelorette situation. Um, and I absolutely could not be a maid of honor right now. I can barely, I went on a walk 
to go to my favorite bench that I like to go to during quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I gave up halfway. <laughs> oh, like, no. I you know. gave up about sitting down, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what's also wild is that no one told you to go to that bench like the same thing with like (laughs) Annie and and bridesmaids is like she didn't have to be the maid of honor she took on that shit on her own so it's like why are you pressuring yourself to walk to this bench (laughs) and it's that kind of thing where it's like well it's hard because in the movie there's helen and helen is great at planning uh maid of honor activities and it's hard for her to be like well, why can't I be Helen? And it's like, you just can't be Helen right now, you know? And yeah. Helen's Nobody's not Helen. Yet. Yeah. And Helen and you is miserable. Helen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's sad too. Yeah, yeah. Helen and hates you wouldn't herself. trade problems with her. Exactly. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, I feel a lot better. You guys just, you know what you did? <laughs> you just um, Melissa McCarthy'd me at the <gasps> end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. For sure. Thanks, guys. Allie, who are you channeling? Um, I think... Well, so I, I was just like putzing around my apartment because, um, you know, there's nowhere else I can go right now. And I just kind of like pick stuff up and then like put it back down again and then kind of walk around a little bit more. And I was playing with my stuff on my refrigerator. I just have like a lot of shit, uh, like on my refrigerator and I picked up this old postcard and I had forgotten that on the back of it, I was sent this postcard by like this guy that I used to hang out with in college and I read the back of it and I realized like when he first sent me this postcard I was like oh this was such a friendly postcard that he sent and then I was reading it again and I was like wait oh my god this is (laughs) this is romantic I think he sent me this postcard to be romantic because I I never noticed before but I and this note that he sent me like a year ago, just kind of out of the blue, it signed see you again. And he like lives in Boston. And it was like, wait, oh like, does he want to see me again? Was like, yes. there's something here that I missed. And <laughs> I know. And I was like, yes. ah, should I? Or maybe I'm making this up. Maybe I'm just so bored and I just need to create something no, in my mind it's, right it's now. So, it's so clearly romantic. Yeah, it sounds um, very romantic. <laughs> Um, but I feel like I also missed my window because he sent this postcard like a year ago and I texted and I was like, oh, thanks for the cute postcard. Um, oh my God, it was only a year ago? It was like, I, it was like a year ago and I texted it to him and he was like, yeah, like I've just been meaning to give you this postcard for a while because it like reminded me of you. Um, (gasps) but then I liked that it reminded me of you. So I just like held on to it for a really long time. Um, oh my God. Kind of a thing. But um, I, don't, that I is, don't know. Anyway, I feel like <laughs> I'm channeling. Um, I feel kind of like um, uh, like Noah Centino's character in uh, mm. Letters to All the Boys I've Loved. Um, uh, in that, like, what? I just got a postcard from, like, Laura Jean Covey. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but I'm kind of, like, noticing it. Like, I got it, like, too late. And the timing's kind of weird. And so I don't know. Um, so I've been thinking about that postcard a lot. Allie, you you gotta go to him, man. You gotta go to Boston, bro. <laughs> yeah, flights are, I'll get it. Flights are cheap. Flights are mad flights cheap, son. Cheap. I will Venmo you the money right now. You get me back whenever you can. You gotta go to Boston. 
Yeah, masks are plentiful. You got to get on a plane. <laughs> you got to disinfect. You, if you were gonna have the disease, you would have already had it. That's that's where my mind's at. <laughs> and like you know, I say you go to Boston, you find or at least send them a text. That's how I feel. At least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll just send him a text, being like, "Hey, like, how are you? <laughs> how are you? Yes. How's your core? How's, How's your core? Yeah. Lots, okay. Lots of common maybe. topics right now. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And, it, and it's definitely. Can I ask why do you think you did not know it was romantic last year? Uh, oh. it might have been too because like I was it like I was busy dating somebody else that like I was like didn't really I was like oh this is just a nice thing um yeah. so I wasn't was really block. looking for it yeah, yeah. It, and now yeah. that it's like oh <laughs> I'm single I'm like <laughs> oh let's you know uh, oh I didn't see this thing before so yeah nice. okay maybe I'll would it be crazy if I sent him a postcard back or should Not I just send all. a text? Not at all. Postcard. It would be, it would be okay. amazing. But can I ask you a question, Allie? Yeah. If you feel comfortable answering it. <gasps> yes. Were there any similarities to the last few people you've dated? And is this person completely <laughs> different from them in any way? Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Um... Um, no, this person is similar to most everybody <laughs> I've ever dated. Which is, <laughs> I'm I'm a type A person that likes type B people because I wish I could be laid back like they are, and I just uh, cannot be. And then I date them, and then I'm like, why Why are you so laid back? I'm attracted to it, yet I'm also trying frustrated to fix it. by it. Do you yeah, try I'm to trying fix to it? fix it. Oh exactly boy. always trying oh to fix boy. it and then they're like why are you trying to fix me and it's like because oh, you're broken um <laughs> and then i realize i'm the broken one you know what listen, i mean girl no. listen girl listen girl <laughs> don't send um, this edgar. don't send this dude a postcard <laughs> <laughs> edgar send who it, are you send, channeling this week <laughs> Ali, send, don't don't try to fight it send yourself a postcard <laughs> Do not send. Oh my, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I'll send wow. myself a postcard. Yeah, this this is wow. a, you know, just because it's in a different city, it just seemed like a pig with a different wig on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We got two Melissa McCarthy in a row. Two. <laughs> we know who Edgar's channeling this week, but uh, let's ask him anyway. Edgar, who are you channeling this week? Uh, Oliver Tate in Submarine. Have y'all ever seen Submarine? <gasps> No, no. Oh my I'm god! Look. I gotta, I gotta I'm catch y'all on the sad boy rom com. I got a lot of sad <laughs> rom coms. I'll come back around on submarine, but like he's like, just like so stuck up his own ass about where he fits into the world and if he's mm. of any value and all this stuff that he can't realize that there's someone next to him that loves him, and so uh. because he's so almost kind of like Greg in this movie, but because he's so self-hating and Oliver Tate unlike Greg kind of puts it out as like I'm cooler than everyone I'm greater than everyone I'm smarter than everyone so he doesn't have to deal with the fact that he doesn't love himself he's just so in his feelings right now that he can't realize the person next to him really loves him. wait wow. a minute does this end with like something with his dad where he like yeah he like goes to find his dad at like next on a pier or something 
No. He goes to find no. somebody on a pier, but not his dad. Wait, he okay, I saw lot. it. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you just said the wrong thing. Yeah, but I, how did I know about the pier? The pier oh, is a, a pier specific. Is a, the pier is a big part of rom-coms. Going to find somebody on a pier is it's a thing. Hold on. I'll ask you this. Where does the movie take place? And if you answer that correctly, generally, I'll know if you've seen it. Okay, wait, but here's the thing. I don't remember, but let me tell you why. Okay. My parents my parents used to take me to like the one sort of like artsy theater near us. Okay, and I, you've like, seen it. You've seen it. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to say anything more. You've seen it. I already, I already know what you're going to say. You've seen it. <laughs> Did you see it at the artsy theater next to Powell's? It's close to Powell's, but it's the Fox Tower. So not the living room theaters. Uh, my ex-fiance used to work at living room theaters. So when I would <gasps> go there... I would just sit there all day while she was working and just watch. Oh movies. my god! So yeah, he like, yeah, and he has to kind of like get over his himself to like realize that he loves that girl. You guys should watch Submarine. It's pretty great. One of my favorite <gasps> films, probably top four films. Oh my! Wow. Okay, Ali, we'll check out. Watch. Kinda uh uh similar to the film we watched uh this week. Yeah, so very similar. Uh, so we. Similar. Shall we dive into the discussion? Um, yes. So today uh, we watched the 2015 independent teen rom-com drama, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. In this film, Greg Gaines, played by Thomas Mann, avoids forming close attachments with any of his fellow classmates in order to survive high school. Greg's only friend, played by R.J. Seiler, who Greg calls a co-worker, uh, together create parodies of classic films. When Greg's mom finds out that Rachel, played by Olivia Cook, one of Greg's classmates, has leukemia, she forces Greg to hang out with her. Egged on by one of Rachel's friends, Greg and Earl find themselves making a film for Rachel. The film was directed by Alfonso gomez Rejon and was written by Jesse Andrews, based on Andrews' 2012 debut novel of the same name. The film premiered at the 2015 Sundance Film Festival to a standing ovation and was bought by Fox Searchlight. They spent $12 million for the project, making it the biggest buy in Sundance history. Um, so, y'all, what what are some of your initial thoughts on this movie? I mean, to me, it's a, I mean, the reason why I picked it is because it's a, it's an instant classic to me. Uh, I feel like this movie kind of got fucked over by marketing. I think a lot yes. of people... Because, like, yeah, it, like to hear that a rom-com got the standing ovation at Sundance seems so odd. But, like, I feel like because it kind of came out around the time, like, those high school rom-coms were, like, the thing. I think a yes. lot of people kind of saw me Earl and Dying Girl and was like, I'm not trying to watch another one of these movies without realizing how artful the movie actually is. Like, the story is pretty totally. simple. We've seen that story before of a guy who falls in love with a cancer girl. Uh, many yeah. times but the movie in and of itself is so well crafted that it kind of like explodes on the screen in a way that you don't really expect from those kind of movies like i think that rom-coms almost like cinematography and direction come last and it's more Absolutely. about the hooks yeah. and twists of the romance like, will they won't they but this movie kind of immediately in thomas mann's like you know voiceover immediately says this is not that kind of story like this is not what's important and you immediately like you're just like pulled into this fantastic world of these characters 
Yeah, that was something like I found myself surprised at. I've seen this movie twice. I saw it once in theaters with my ex-boyfriend, his parents, and his grandparents. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like his whole family and me. And I was the only one who cried, guys. Oh, and my I, God. And it wasn't like a little cry, like a cute little tear. It was like I was sobbing to the point where my boyfriend's <laughs> mom was like, are you okay? <laughs> um, uh, and watching it again the second time, I was like, definitely not going to cry this time. I know what happens. I'm not, I'm not going to fall for that trick again. Um, and I still sob like a little baby. And I think, I think it's just because this movie felt, quote unquote, more real. Yes. Specifically, and I think it was the way, I think it was like two things. I think it was like, one was the way that it was shot. There's that scene where uh, Rachel is talking to Greg and she's telling him that she's going to stop treatment. I was going to bring up that scene. Yes. Oh my God. It is, it's one shot. It is a long one shot. Yes. And they're not looking at each other at all. And no. you can just sense like their teen awkwardness is just palpable. Like you just see Greg's hands like fidgeting and it yes. just reads so real. And it's like, that is how that conversation would go down. It's like, of course you couldn't look someone in the eyes when you tell them that you're going to, you know, give up and die. And it, uh, and it was just, it was like composed in a really beautiful way too, where they're, very like physically apart from each other. Yes. And there are just a lot of scenes like that where like the, uh, the shots were just composed in a really creative way. And there are a lot of like cool long takes. And um, I mean, that yeah. take that take takes your breath away because like, I mean, so much of the movie is the camera roaming around. Like I think about in the beginning when Connie yeah. Britton is like pounding <gasps> him to talk to the girl and the camera <laughs> yeah. is just roving around the apartment. So you have yes. like this natural sense that the camera's always going to move. And for them in that shot, just make it static. It just like, it makes you feel trapped in the way that the characters are trapped. Where you're just like yeah. stuck in this conversation. And you want to get out. And like, you're just like, leave, Thomas Mann. Please leave. But he stays. He just like says, some of the most, like rewatching it the second time, I'm just like, we crossed the line really bad with some of the <laughs> shit that he says. Yes. And yeah. I think. I think what's even sadder is like he doesn't get an opportunity to um, apologize to her ever. Yeah, oh, I agree. Where I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe he doesn't get a chance to make amends. But the but and I was so surprised that the movie he makes for her in the end like totally took care of that for me mm. in a way I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting at all. Because was this your first time? This is my first time seeing it. And I was so surprised because this did come out around the same time as a lot of other teen romance films about mm-hmm. people dying. And yes. I absolutely did not see it for that reason. Because I was like, oh, it's just one of those fall on our star type movies. Yes, and then, that's um, the other one. Yes. Yes. And it was like, and it, so I think that's like the disservice. Like it was just unfortunate timing when it came out because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the fall on our stars. I'm like, I don't, like, I, I thought it was going to maybe be like manipulative, emotional sort of porn and mm. um and I, I going into it i was sort of like oh this is gonna be you know like sure maybe i'll cry it's just gonna be um you know like that type of movie and then um 
because of the way it was shot and the art direction, I was like completely surprised. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm definitely not going to cry. This is like a very cool um, movie and it's not going to get me. And then in the end, when he shows her her final film, it is like the most beautiful and painful scene I have seen in so long. And I was like, I was like, I don't even know the type of cry I had, but it was like, it was, yeah. <laughs> Kyle came Crazy. in the room and I was like, go, go. <laughs> you guys know Kingsley and Callie? Yeah. Yes. The first time I watched that movie, I watched it with them and they're two of the quietest dudes in the world. And <laughs> I sobbed so hard in a the theater that they looked at me very uncomfortably. And I feel like they almost like got up and left because they were just like, what is <laughs> What is wrong with this guy? Why is he crying like this? But I was like sobbing so hard. Uh and oh. I cried again this morning when I watched it again. Like uh yeah. it, it it just it's so moving. And I agree with you that you don't you believe Greg when he tells you that she's not gonna die. And what's interesting though is like I Anna and I argue about this all the time. I always say that I hate narration. Yet she always points oh, out sure. that a lot of my favorite movies have narration in and I was like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but like it's different. And I feel like with this movie, the narration is so true. I think what I don't like is when narration in the movie is just for exposition and it's just to set things up. Mm-hmm. But the narration in the movie is so true to Greg Gaines as a character, where one, how he talks about people is just like really rude and mean and dismissive. How he talks about himself is even more mean and dismissive. And you can tell that the narration is him lying to him. That's so Ugh. motivated by character in a way that I think is like awesome and great that like he's like he's telling himself that she's not going to die because he doesn't want to deal with the realities of what this girl is going through. That's his whole thing. Is he doesn't want to deal with his dad's depression. So he's just like, whatever, fuck it. Like my dad's just this cool, weird guy. Rather than deal like with his mom, he like makes weird sounds, stuff like that. Like he's constantly doing these things to deflect actual emotion. And it's the same thing that he's doing in his narrative. That's why I think it, like, when she dies, you feel so betrayed. But it's just like, yeah, that's the same way that Greg feels because he's betraying himself. Yeah. I, it's so interesting you say that. Edgar. At the end, I felt betrayed by Greg. Yeah. Like, I, I actually fully believed when he was saying he doesn't have friends and Earl was his coworker. I was like, OK, yeah, Earl's his coworker. And then yeah. when Earl's like, he just emotionally is too afraid to call anyone their friend in case he gets rejected. I yes. was like, oh, damn. You betrayed me, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Something about this movie that I thought was, you know, refreshing from the typical kind of like cancer girl movie uh, is that uh, I feel like in those cancer girl movies, there's a lot of like, like I know in The Fault in Our Stars, they go to like Amsterdam and like, there's like a lot of like beautiful gestures and like, sentimental you know romantic things that happen but with this movie he just kind of hangs out with her and like some and it's kind of awkward and it's kind of like cute sometimes but they're just like hanging out in her room for most of the movie and i mean and i think that's why i had that it just felt more real and grounded because that is what it would be. You know, you would not go to Amsterdam. You'd probably just hang out in your room with somebody. That's like what being a teenager is, is you just hang out in each other's rooms and stuff. And I, I think because that 
part of the movie was more grounded that it really, really hurt me when Rachel died because it just felt like she was a real person. She <laughs> I was, know yeah. she's no, one hundred percent. No, I, I, I one hundred percent agree. Like, kind of in those rom coms, there's so much of like this magical sense to cancer. Where this movie really is just like, no, this is a t- like a scene that really affected me this time around was him carrying her out of the car, and she like couldn't stand and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it'd be like. You wouldn't take this cancer girl on an airplane ride across the world to like some magical adventure. She's fucking weak. And also just how defeated uh, uh, Rachel was, like how, like, you know, like that felt real to me, like how devoid of hope and that at no point does that character ever change from that. Like she never, ever like has this love has fixed me. And now I see that there is hope in cancer. She keeps that, like there's a consistency that feels real. Yes, I I loved that they didn't have that sort of like magical moment or when um, they give oftentimes they'll give teenagers in this story sort of like um, very grown up emotional intelligence. And uh, it was so much more believable to watch. He's like, because in high school, you really can't articulate your emotions that well. Yeah. Um, And so to watch these two people like not be able to sort of like reach full like emotional realization during this time and it does get like it's like her life ends with loose ends tied up um i thought that was i was not prepared for that and it's like it really it's like very challenging emotionally to watch that and be like that's what it would be like another aspect for me also is that like it's this talk of like you know this like he loved her that's very very clear but they never really had your stereotypical romantic moment in fact the movie like you know calls that out and makes fun of it a lot like of like if this were a rom-com this is what would happen but like i find that to be true of like those like paying heart feelings like ali this person who sent you a postcard like did you guys ever kiss or anything like that oh yeah oh well then never mind (laughs) never mind but it was a really but it was like we like we like kissed once and then, like, we, like, never talked about it. And then we were just kind of, like, so weird, hot. really close friends after that. Um, so and, that, and And when we kissed, he, like, he then was moving back to Boston, like, a couple of days later. So we didn't really get a chance to ever talk about, you know, what and, happened. And, and that's what I, and, like, and here you are, like, drawing up this romantic picture in my head. I find that to be so true of, like people from like high school or college that I had crushes on where I'm just like nothing really even happened with this person but there's this like magic in my mind that I've created and that's what I enjoy about this film is like they don't ever kiss they don't ever hold hands but you can tell that Rachel is going to be a significant love for Greg the rest of his life yeah that movie that he makes for her which is kind of like his big grand gesture to her um is so beautiful and so like not what i expected it was going to be at all um and i have some um interesting tidbits that i got from uh wired about the film so the film that he shows her is in 
It has three parts to it. The first part is in the Andy Warhol's style. It's like an homage to Andy Warhol's film screen tests, where he just kind of like shows these like screen tests of people. Mm. Um, and then the next is like that stop motion scene with pillows. Yes. Yes. And that's My an homage God. to Charles and Ray Eames movies. And then the final act is just like that abstract animation of like shapes and colors that like start off big and then get get oh, small. That part, that like, oh. ugh, that part just like really, those little shapes, I don't know why, but the, uh, uh, it was just a really beautiful way to explain grief and like fear and death in a, uh, in a very, um, simple but um poignant way well, well another great thing about this film is that it's also a love letter to films them itself like yes the entire time they're like you know i'm obviously in life in real life greg would be insufferable because he's a film bro but in like, high school <laughs> and and in high school like any kid who's just like you should be watching 400 blows i fucking hate that kid but yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you're 16. You can watch something else. You can watch Family Guy. Like you don't have to be watching True Foe. But uh, it's still just like it's so fun and great. Like their parodies were just so amusing that like oh my it, God. you genuinely felt like those characters really did love movies. Yes. yes i think my favorite one was like eyes wide butt was yes. one of them <laughs> yes a stock work orange was yes. one of them yes Two forty-five p.m cowboy was my favorite <laughs> <laughs> and i th- i think it's so impressive because this is a novel first and so i'm sure like I-, I just think it's crazy that they were able to recreate that in the film with such care and believability yes. and make it moving and interesting yes yeah uh, look, Olivia Cook and Thomas Mann were fantastic leads, but this movie yeah. lives and dies by its supporting cast. Because, like, the supporting cast of this movie is so fucking good. Uh, so first, good. Uh, Molly Shannon is, like, so good as the mom. And, like, Incredible. how much, how, uh, like, every time she flirts with the boys, you're just like, I know that woman. I've seen that woman before. <laughs> I've spent the night at her house before. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Connie, Connie Britton is also like such a believable mom. Uh, oh, yes, <laughs> like you know that mom who like doesn't let it go and will continue to push you. And Nick Offerman is just like oh my god, so wonderful. But the person I want to give of- the oh no, please. Oh no, I was gonna say the amount of care that went into Nick Offerman's character as a side character was just beautiful and yes. insane. And, and you can tell that like yeah, he clearly suffers from crippling depression (laughs) (laughs) but the way he holds on to that cat is just like yeah man i know that dude but i I just this person did like didn't have that much to do in the movie but it's still so affecting and i and hasn't really had that crazy of big breakout roles which i think is such a crime but rj seiler is like so (gasps) good good and like he's like my favorite kind of black actor and this is nothing against any other black actors but his comedy is so understated and oh my god dry and but it's still just as cutting and i feel like a lot of directors and like some of the stuff i've seen him in lately are like people trying to push him to be louder or bigger than he actually is but i'm just like he's so good as just like 
the strong silent type who will just say something really quippy like the jokes oh that he God. has in this movie are so fucking when he when he first breaks out and is like do you touch your titties and you're just like yeah. what it's like so shocking <laughs> and so funny yeah, it was no. so good it yeah. was so funny he also like had these really beautiful moments of like just he's so emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. yes. um versus greg who's so emotionally stunted mm-hmm. Um, I I just kind of wish that there was more of his character. Yes, and like, uh, just because he seemed, at least in my opinion, more interesting of a character than Greg. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's very fair. But that's just because I have trouble, um, you know, suffering sad boys. But um, <laughs> um wow. but uh, <laughs> no. What no. It doesn't um, mean you, Edgar. You, you, not you, though, Edgar. You put, you put the wrong not guy. You. you put the wrong guy in your pod. I tell you that. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, I, I really. He was probably my favorite character out of everybody, Absolutely. and he seemed the most interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say something that I noticed was that this movie did have like that thing that a lot of like teen rom-coms have. It's like, and, we, and we've talked about it a couple of times, but they're even like, I think it did a good job. It did a better job at this trope and, and it was more um, grounded, but there was still, I still got that kind of Manny Pixie, Pixie Dream Girl vibe from Love. Rachel. Yes. Um, it, although it was more like manic pixie you know dying girl vibe where it's like here's this like like strong like amazing girl who's dying and like her death and like her like strength was like helped greg and his problems yes yes and like she she was not as three-dimensional like she she did have some depth to her but like she it seemed like everything about her was to like service Greg and yes. Greg's journey. Mm-hmm. And like it did at one point I was like, okay, here's another story about an amazing woman, a girl who's going to die to help this mediocre boy grow up, become emotionally <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, intelligent. So that was, I, I was like, okay. And, and okay. the other thing that bothered me a little bit is those stories where like, young cool girl gets cancer and dies are usually written by men <laughs> um uh, like uh fault in our stars is written by i think a guy named john green and a walk to remember is written by the one and only nicholas sparks. sparks and yeah, you're so right. you're right although and it's like my rebuttal is that I don't think there's anything cool about Mandy Moore's character in A Walk to Remember. <laughs> she, oh, she's herself. She wears cardigans bravely. Why do we remember those cardigans so well? I that was my first thought. <laughs> but it's kind of like these like angelic women, yes. like these women that are like just so good and so pure. And Here's what I would like to see. I would love to see a movie with an emotionally stunted woman who meets like a really cool dude who has cancer and dies. Yeah. I would love 
yes. love to see that. Sometimes I'll be watching a movie and if the woman, if a female character is too perfect, I'll be like, oh, she's going to die. Because they'll just like make them too perfect. <laughs> and you know that they're going to die. <laughs> Apparently there's a term for it. No, I mean, that's definitely true. I won't, I won't even argue that. Uh, like, I mean, there's just, it's, it's in the book uh, and in the movie. And yeah, it's yep. written by two men. Or written by a man, directed by a man. So I do think that that is a failure on part of the movie. And they even have her wearing different colored wigs and shit. I'm like, okay, this is a little manic pixie pixie dream girl-ish. Yes, yeah, she was the pink wig. Especially with the books with the little cutout stuff in it, which is very cute and did make me cry like a little baby. But I was like, oh, God, the book. Like very very whimsical she's yes. very whimsical she is she is but, uh, but but i will say the saving grace of how they handle it is much better because they don't make her sort of like an oracle of wisdom or yeah. like like yes. i do like the scenes where she's just like i'm tired you know he's like do you want to yeah. do anything she's like, i don't want to talk and she just got like a barf bucket next to her head yeah they definitely avoided the whole and maybe this is because we only saw her confined to her room which is again another another sexist hole we could go down uh but like she like she never was just like i hop on lily pads so i can save the animals like we never like got to like that level of like annoyance with her but yeah she draws squirrels and i'm like okay yeah that's definitely (laughs) that's definitely that's definitely the mpdg uh stereotype those were the main ones i got ali i also got the the main romantic couple is both they're both straight and white so we hit that one and then uh, I thought, I don't know, tell me guys what you think about this, but uh, this might just be like little teen Mia, but I thought everyone was hot. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I mean, even like Thomas Mann isn't like, he isn't as hideous as he talks about himself. Obviously, he's not the ideal. Yeah. He's not maybe your ideal leading man as like a Miles Teller, which I think sure. if the movie is Miles Teller, it's a very different movie. But Thomas yeah. Mann, Thomas Mann's still a looker. He's still, I saw him at uh, Franklin. Cute. Yeah, I saw him at Franklin and Co. one night. I saw who he walked away with. So like, oh. you know. <laughs> we have the popular rom-com trope of the narrator, uh, yes. which we've already mm-hmm. kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the grand gesture of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at seven tropes. Do we leave out anything? Childhood flashbacks. Do we have those? Yes. yes, we did. There's a flashback yeah. to yes. him and Earl's friendship. Where yes. Earl says, What the fuck up, cat? That's what I thought, scared ass <laughs> little bitch. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Uh, I also think that Earl's a little bit of a magical Negro. Uh, Like that stereotypical, like your best black friend has the solutions for everything. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Best best black friend. Absolutely. Like whimsical, magical. And it's like sort of, it does have more of that emotional maturity of an adult. He said some very, very emotionally astute things that (laughs) I am not even capable of at 27. (laughs) All right. Coming in at nine, not too high. Not too high. Okay, now it's time to rate this rom-com. So uh, as of now, our top five rom-coms are Pretty Woman, Hitch, The Big Sick, 27 Dresses, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Now, if we so choose, today we can put Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl on this list of top five rom-coms. But we will have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those top five to replace it with. So what do we think, guys? Do we think me, Earl, and the dying girl deserves a spot on the top five list? 
Hmm. I mean, y'all know my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is more yeah. about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first because um I know we're gonna I know we're gonna get into discourse about this one but um I would say I would say I'm leaning towards while I loved this film and felt very moved by it I would lean towards not putting it on the top five and my only reasons are that in terms of sort of that classic rom-com this one is on the outlier spectrum of um yeah being a little more dramatic um I loved I loved the artful aspects of it but um, yeah, I think I think there just are. Um, I mean, I could maybe. Here's what I'll say. I'll I'll consider taking out Pretty Woman maybe. But um, the other four, I'm pretty attached to, uh, in terms of wanting to rate them higher. But my offering would be to put Me Earl and the Dying Girl on a separate top five list, and my options would be top five um, like most artful rom coms, um, or. What do I want to do? Or top five, uh, drum com. Or or rom rom drum. Here's what I'll say about me, Earl and Dying Girl. It's really it's a really great film, but look what's on our list. We already <laughs> have the big sick, which mm. is a um, sick girl rom com where there's a sick girl. Um, and everybody, you know, and it, you know, makes the lead, the male lead, who's a sad boy, grow up. And so I'm, I don't want to put two sick girl uh, rom-coms on the list. So I would say, like, we have to either decide, like, big sick stays or me and the, me, Earl and the Dying Girl replaces the big sick. It's a 100% replace the big sick. It's crazy <laughs> that the big sick is on your guys' list. I don't, and look, I'm going to say something. Have you seen it? Yes, it's I've good. seen it. I, of course I've seen it. It is not. It is not good. <laughs> I look, and I say that with so much respect for that story. I think that the two of them are very great writers and i think that michael showalter is an amazing director he's a hero of mine i don't like that movie i don't like that movie at all <gasps> what's the tension what's the tension in that movie that these racist parents still are racist at the end of the fucking movie like i like i hate that movie i'm sorry i probably shouldn't say this because i would like to work for those people someday but i absolutely <laughs> do not like the big sick no, that's completely no fair. That's completely fair. And Zoe Kazan um, sucks. I love her. No, she I was good at that. She was good at that. She's so good. But but to be fair, I can't tell if I like I'm in love with her, you know, or if like like I just I love her so much that. Movie. I will say Zoe Kazan is bad in everything else, but she's good in that movie. Yeah. She's good in that movie she's because she's in a coma movie. for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It is insane okay. that how how many times have you guys done this podcast already? Um, gosh, seven or eight, seven or eight. Okay, then I understand how the big sick ended up on the top five <laughs> in terms of a lack of resources. But it needs to go, and if it's not me, Earl and the guy and girl, it could be any movie. Like, <laughs> all right. What makes me Earl and the Dying Girl better than the big sick in your mind? Just the, oh, the... let's start. Composition, story, <laughs> acting. Uh, should I continue? <laughs> like, it's better than the big sick on almost every level of storytelling, almost every level of filmmaking. <laughs> For me, a big element of rom-coms is um, rewatchability. You know, they're like your go-tos. They're what, what can you watch multiple times? 
what tropes can you sort of, you know, rest your hat on and know they're going to take care of you. And, um, you know, when I think of these two movies, I'm like, oh, I want to watch uh Kumail and his brother at the batting cages and I want to watch Oof. um Zoe Kazan's uh fashion <laughs> during the movie oh but I God. don't me on the dying girl I loved it but I'm like I cannot watch it all the time because I cannot feel uh the pain that I felt <laughs> but you yeah. after watching after watching <laughs> me Earl and the dying girl I had an existential crisis. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I'm living my life wrong. And I just walked, I walked around my apartment feeling like a a, a husk, a husk of what I once was. That's a sign of a good comedy. That's a sign of a comedy that works on so many good levels. And I'm so tired of us picking these cheap comedies that do nothing. You walk, you, you can watch the big stick again because it doesn't challenge you. Really? Yes, I want, I want, I want a blanket. I want a warm blanket. And me, Earl and the Dying Girl, strips me naked and pushes me in a cold pool. Because you're dirty. Because you're dirty and it's trying to clean you. But you're, you're, you're hiding your dirt under this blanket. Under that blanket is a filthy person. No, I want to be warm and dirty. I want to be warm and dirty. There's a filthy person over there. You need a cleanse. <laughs> so I think um, I think it's clear. Yeah, I this think is that, not uh, making the top good. list. <laughs> this is not- we, uh, <laughs> we cannot we cannot come to unanimous agreement. But yeah. can we agree to put it on a separate top five? List? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's put it on a, a separate list. You guys are never going to touch again. Let's go ahead and do that. I'm so. No, but you know what? This movie this movie is like a postcard on Allie's fridge. By the time she realizes how important it is to her, it'll be too fucking late. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Okay, y'all. Melissa McCarthy has been going strong. All right, that's too much reality. It hits too too hard at home. We're gonna call it. We could not unanimously agree. So, me or on the dying girl does not go on the top five. I would put it at top five challenging rom com or top five artful rom com. Is there a counter offer? No, that's fine. I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, we can, top five. It, we can put it on the top five best teen rom coms, and it no. can sit. <laughs> no, it can sit there with she's all that because that's where she's all that is right. Jesus Christ! We'll put it on there. But you know, you know, I'm going to bump it off later. Oh, <laughs> there's gosh. A lot of good teams. <laughs> All right. Obviously, this, this has gotten too real, and so this is a great time for our final segment reality check in this segment we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we just watched to see if they hold up in the real world now uh this teen rom-com drum employs a trope we see in a lot of teen coms which is the cool relatable <laughs> teacher we see this trope in 10 things i hate about you with mr morgan in the edge of 17 with mr Bruner, played by woody Harrison, and easy a with Mr. Griffith, a lot of <laughs> cool male teachers. But let's do a little reality check. Um, have any of us encountered a cool teacher like Mr. McCarthy in this film? 
who eats pho and lets you watch crazy movies in his office. Yes. My professor <gasps> in college, Alexander Carpenter, uh, is 100% the same exact character. Uh, like he, so I would like not want to go to his class because it's like elements of cinema is so dumb. And then one day, and it was because I went to like a Christian film school and I was just like, this I only went there because my mom was just like, you can only go to film school if it's of the same religion that we are. And I found this film school and I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just here to use the equipment. I don't care. And I remember one day I was walking <laughs> to class late because I was just like, fuck that class. And outside of the class, I heard, now tune to the motherfucking greatest. And it started, they started playing Dirt Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I went <laughs> into the class and he was playing that music video for us and explaining to us how that music video borrows from renaissance painting art and how jay-z is alluding <gasps> that he's being killed the same way that christ is being killed and he's just like oh my why God. is that story so important to us why do we recreate and he didn't treat it as if it was a real thing he keeps saying like why do cultures keep repeating this story and like we'd always go to his office and like he'd be like you gotta watch the wire he had like a big long mustache <laughs> And I started taking some of his art classes after that. And he starts all of his art classes the same way, which is he shows a picture of a toilet and he goes, is this art? And everyone argues. <laughs> everyone argues about it. <laughs> Tell me that's not the character from the movie. <laughs> that is. That's him slapping his arm saying, do the research. Yep. <laughs> he wins. Oh, my God. <laughs> That is so, that's uncanny how similar that teacher is to the one oh, that movie. Is, I love that guy. I love that guy. Yeah. Oh my and God. I guess that toilet is art because I went to, when I went to Paris and I went to the Louvre, that toilet was there. And I was like, holy shit. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I forgot that's who did beautiful. it. It's a, uh, fuck, it's a statue by somebody. I can't remember. That's fantastic. It's a great story. I've got nothing. I'll, no, none of my teachers. There were teachers like that, but they were not. We did not connect. I wanted it too bad, and I was too disruptive. I had the same exact experience <laughs> where there was a really cool high school history teacher, oh my Mr. God, Tragos. Uh -huh. All like he he like had his few a couple few favorite students who would like hang out and eat lunch with him at like every day and they would like talk about like history and like crazy facts about abraham lincoln and like <laughs> every now and then i would show up and be like hey i don't understand why i gotta be on this paper and <laughs> they would look at me like who the fuck are you you're intruding on our cool boys time and i was like oh geez just i wish i could be cool like you but i I, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I remember that he would wear turquoise pants that were cuffed with black converse. Come on. This is a cool teacher. Oh my God. I know, but I'm not a cool, I'm not a cool person. And I resented the cool teacher. <laughs> you, oh my God. Allie, same boat. Wow. Well, okay. Well, I do think it reality checks out because while we all didn't necessarily connect with our teacher, we all knew that teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they it was existed. Real. They existed. They're so, just too cool for us, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the lesson is like Edgar didn't want him too bad. He didn't even want to go to the class. 
So yeah. I think if you if you want to be friends with that teacher, you have to not want it as much yeah. as Allie and I wanted yeah. it. The cool teacher always is attracted to like the students that are like promising, but that like are projects. Like yes. it's like yes. this student has promised. They're just like not living up to it. Versus like me and I were we're like we would love to live up to our potential, and they're like no, 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 no. You're trying to absolutely not. The 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 rampant sexism in that is hurting me on so many levels. <laughs> of how many times in my life I've been rewarded for not being interested. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It was a different time. I'm sure everyone's faring much better now. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that about wraps it up folks uh thank you so much for joining us today edgar yeah. uh true delight to have you and i'm so glad we got to watch this movie yeah no thank you for having me of course do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners yeah, uh, I'll hit y'all with all three. You can follow me on Twitter at Edgar here. You can follow me on Insta at Awfulgram. Uh, you can also uh, uh, check out The Wokest on Stitcher Premium. Uh, if you use code Wokest, you get a month for free, and you can just binge them all while you're trapped up in your house. It's a really fun podcast. Also, check out Culture Kings, which is up for free on Earwolf, wherever you get your podcast. And I would also just, like, recommend to folks, like, you know, uh, I think that a lot of the times we feel like our romantic lives aren't where we're at because it's our fault or something. But I, I, something that I'm learning is a lot of the things that we describe as logic are just taste. And like maybe something that you're considering is bad isn't necessarily bad. It's just not your taste. And so like no one's at fault. Like there is no right or wrong. It's just like, oh, I don't like this, but this person likes this. And I think if we can argue in that kind of way versus good or bad, you know, it will solve a lot of issues. And it's just like, what is your taste? Like, it's not like this yeah. is the right. It's not a moral question. It's a question of yeah. of uh, uh, of taste. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's very important. And I think it's very yeah. helpful. But it is fact that <laughs> me, Earl and the Dying Girl is a thousand times better than the big sick. And it is, that's just fact. That's not a tasting. That's just fact. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, we'll we'll let Edgar have the last word there. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week, uh, and remember to subscribe and rate. This is brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom coms. I love rom coms. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, iPod. Stitcher. Do you still have iPods? <laughs> <laughs> if you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah, good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah, you can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah, you still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire.